Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I am your host Mark Hirons and today we are chatting with Matt Fry. Matt is a design director for Madwell, who are a Brooklyn-based creative agency. During the show we talk about Matt's background in architecture, working in China, how to get the most out of your office space so creativity just flows, and we learn more about Madwell as a studio and how it grows. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, this is my chat with Matt Fry. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Well, can we talk about yourself? Where are you from? What, what do you do and your background? How you got brought up into design? How you found design? Yeah, so I'm from South Carolina originally. Um, I was there until basically college or uh, university. Um, my dad is an artist and I think he you know, probably influenced me a lot in terms of you know, uh, thinking creatively, being okay to express myself through drawing or making things. So I think that was definitely important. Then I went into architecture uh, for school, so that's kind of the foundation for you know the way I look at things from a design perspective. Went you know went through architecture school, then I practiced in in China and Shanghai actually um, for a little bit, and then came back to the states. It was I came back actually right as the recession was hitting, so uh, construction in particular was was hit kind of hard, especially in South Carolina and the South. Um, so there weren't a whole lot of architecture jobs. Um, so I, I started to pivot to graphic and web design because I had a little bit of experience with that in college. One of the requirements was to design our own portfolio site. So I kind of learned basics of web design and HTML there. And then I just had some friends who had um, some businesses that needed some help. And I partnered up with a friend of mine and, and kind of did a freelancing business for a little bit. Then I moved to New York, got a little tired of uh, the freelancing business, wanted to work with uh, a group of designers, work in a studio, a studio kind of setting. Um, so that's when I got my, my current job, working at a creative agency in, in Brooklyn. Um, and we focus on, uh, we've changed a lot over the years, but we focus on branding and advertisements, campaigns, some experiential work, and even some like interior design and, and product work. Um, so it's a bit it's a bit all over the place, but I, I enjoy that. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for my background. Nice. Yeah, you said uh, that you you sort of look at design from a different perspective because of the architecture stuff. Yeah. How do you look at design? Because we we are sort of logo designers. Other people see things walking down the street and you pick things out that it's not quite right or or, or you, you notice things uh, from a design perspective. How how do you notice things? Yeah, I mean, so I think one of the um, one of the most important things that we taught in, in architecture was um, understanding the context of things and, and the site, um, trying to uh, not have a personal style really, and, and really looking at what the culture is like, what the immediate surroundings are of that environment, um, what the needs are of the client in most cases, uh, you know, residential housing, be a family or, or a person, like how do they live and, and how can we suit the design to suit their lives best. So really your, your personal inclinations or your personal styles often come, come last, you know, they're there, you can ignore it. But um, I, I think that's really um, paying attention to, to the setting and, and the surroundings, the context is, is really important. And that's something that was instilled in me in architecture and definitely influences my creative process now. I always try to, to understand all of the kind of um, input points to whatever the project is before having an assumption about how it should look or, or feel or what it should do. So yeah, I think uh, understanding context is, is probably one of the most important things I, I learned. So how did you get that out of the client and how, how did you find out? Is it just a matter of asking loads of questions? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, often really just a, a conversation, trying to see what, uh, 
you know, in, in the case of say, um, you know, residential house, you know, what they, uh, what their life is like when they get home, what, what type of job do they have? What uh, hobbies do they have? Um, do they have pets or, or family or guests that come over? Um, what's important to them from kind of a, a spatial uh, perspective? Like do they like large spaces? Do they like warm spaces? That kind of thing. And in terms of translating it to say, uh, you know, a brand or, or a marketing client, um, it, it often does come down to speaking to, you know, a, a head of marketing or a brand manager and seeing like what their perspective is for the brand, what they kind of want to get out of it and what their goals are. Um, and then of course, a more like dedicated, uh, holistic approach, really seeing like where they are in the business, uh, you know, environments, um, where, how they want to stand out, what their competitors are looking at the whole landscape of things, getting all that data in first. Um, and then actually starting the creative process um, after that. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Has it been, has it been different? Have you noticed any big differences between America and China and, and the way they do things? Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that's a, that's a huge topic in and of itself. Uh, yeah. Like how, um, you know, the architecture uh, scene is there and, and how um, developments work and how like contracts with governments work. It really is quite different. Um, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty young. I was like right out of school, basically. And um, I worked for a, a Chinese firm. So it was mostly um, Chinese architects and, and designers. And um, there were some, we had some programmers and, and renders too. Um, and I was one of like three or four uh, foreign department, uh, it was called. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of stories. Uh, I, you know, one time we, we went to a kind of a mid-sized city, which in China is actually about like 15 million people um, to, to redesign a part of their, uh, their central downtown uh, area. And we met with the governor and a few of their like representatives. And most of the contract came down to uh, a dinner and drinks. Like if we could just have, um, you know, it's time with them and make it through a lot of, uh, Chinese rice liquor, yeah. uh, that was like half of the battle with getting the job. Um, whereas, you know, maybe that's not so important in, in the States. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that was, that was a funny story and, and, and definitely kind of different. And also just being so young, um, I got a lot more leeway in terms of like the design input, I think, cause there's an assumption that like, like European and American design is, is perhaps more elevated than you know, their, their culture there, their architecture culture there. So they gave me a little more uh, freedom than perhaps uh, I would have gotten, you know, stateside, which was great uh, for me. And I got a lot of experience. So, um, so yeah, definitely, definitely some big differences, but uh, I, I had a good time and, and learned a lot there. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, how, how old were you when you went over there? How, how old was I? Yeah. Uh, I was 22. I see. Wow. So was there a language barrier? Do you know Chinese? Can you speak the language? I mean, it's, it's faded a little bit, but uh, I studied some, um, actually in high school, I, I took some trips over to China before, um, before I went to college and I took a few classes in college. Um, so I had enough to kind of get around. And then, you know, while I was there, I picked up some more. Uh, I wouldn't say I never got fluent or anything, but, um, you know, enough to get taxis and, and order food and um, have flight conversation for sure. That's pretty awesome. That is, I'm impressed. Like 22, that's two years on from where I am, and, and you've you know, you lived in China and moved around the around the world. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer America or China? I mean, you're living in America now, so it might 
be the answer, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I, I loved it um, at, at the time and um, it's really beautiful and there's just so much to see over there. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, you know, what, what I want from my design career, um, definitely uh, the States and, you know, New York in particular, there's just so many opportunities and, and I have a lot of uh, interest in design. So whether that's purely graphic design or say furniture design or interior design, um, New York seems to be a place where you can kind of dip your toe in, in a lot of those uh, categories. So for the time being, definitely uh, like living here, though I just went to Tokyo and really fell in love. So that's, I'm getting pulled there a little bit now, but we'll see. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy place. I've never been there, but it's from pictures and stories and uh, it, it absolutely crazy. So many lights and, and bright awesome. things, just hidden gems. Um, sure. Madwell, design, design director. So how did that come around and, and how's it going? So I've been there um, just over seven years now um, and it started, uh, I want to say, just a few months before that. Um, so I think I'm, I'm employee number two <laughs> as far as like the roster goes. Um, and it started uh, in kind of a um, slightly disheveled loft in, in Brooklyn uh, with basically just a few designers and, and the two co-founders. Um, and then we've like kind of slowly grown since then. Uh, it was like five when I started and now we're at just over a hundred. And we opened an office in Colorado um, a couple of years ago and we're looking to open a new office in, in Hong Kong actually. Um, soon depending on on potential work that's that's opening up so um it's been really awesome seeing it grow and seeing like you know uh we added departments over time so again at first it was basically just design and like we did our own uh copywriting and and sourced out um development but then we added a copy team we added a dev development team we added production accounts um, UX, uh, we, we didn't have that to start, so now we have dedicated UX and kind of insights department. So seeing how like all those departments grow and then integrate with what, what we do in design has been um, really valuable and, and really interesting process to, to watch and be a part of. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, start, you said starting from a loft. Like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> my perception of um, Brooklyn is like it, it is that sort of hard work mentality that sort of get get it done. Um, I've never been. I've been to New York, but like it's got a cool perception. It's like from hip hop songs and uh, yeah. stuff. I've watched. What's it? What's it like to live there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely I, I prefer Brooklyn over um, Manhattan, uh, and, and you know for a few reasons. Manhattan's great, and the city has a lot a lot to offer. But Brooklyn is just a, it's a little more chill. Right. Uh, it's not as dense, um, just not as many people uh, crowding the streets. Uh, but then, like the creative culture is is slightly different. I think there's more of a uh, hands-on approach uh, in Brooklyn. There's a lot of there's a lot more industry here. Um, so the the loft that I mentioned that we actually started in was for a um, um, kind of a creative industrial um, collective. So in the, in the building, there was a guy that like repaired uh, brass instruments. So like tubas and saxophones and things like that. And then there was another studio that worked on like shop installations and, and art projects for like Louis Vuitton and, and other things like that. And like they, they physically made uh, pieces for it. So it was, it's cool to be surrounded by, um, you know, other artisans and craftsmen that, that use physical tools to, to build things. Yeah. Uh, and, 
you know, there's just not the space for that in, in Manhattan and rents a lot higher. So being in Brooklyn kind of affords that. And, and I think that really, um, you know, it, it inspires, um, you, you know, graphic designers or other more core designers um, to do things perhaps a little differently. Like, um, you know, instead of say, making a bunch of illustrations for a campaign or a client, um, we might either contact someone locally or, or build something in, in our workshop and then photograph it and then make that a part of our campaign. So there's more, there can be a more tangible result to, to our work being surrounded by so many, um, so many uh, craftsmen and industrial people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, the thing, uh, is it a thing made as well? I saw that, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. So what, can you give us a brief overview on that, what that is? Totally, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, again, I, I have uh, a lot of disparate interests, but so do the rest of the designers, and really all of Madwell, yeah. uh, in terms of like hobbies and, and different type of um, crafts that, that people are into. We have a couple of people that are really into pottery and do that on the weekends and make really good work. So we wanted an outlet that you know maybe our client work couldn't really fulfill necessarily and start our own brand where we could you know if someone had an idea and they knew how to make it and could make it you know um, within a budget um, that we would put it on on our site on thing made and then and then um, you know try to sell it it's not necessarily like uh, we're not planning to make a whole lot of money from it but just really having an outlet for for our creative folk to to do other things and maybe it will potentially influence our core work too. So if someone tries a technique for making a new product or even uh, photographing that, that product, that that could also influence our, our client work. Um, so, so yeah, it's really, it, it's a good outlet for us and um, you know, just continually trying new things. And we also partnered with um, Susan Care, who um, was the kind of first icon designer. Um, she made the, you know, the original icons for the Apple computers, like the, the Smiling yeah. Mac, you know, Trash Can, other things like that. Um, so it was cool to kind of talk with her and she gave us access to all of her icons and um, you know, we use it for a couple of our projects, our, our products. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, it's a good um, diversion for us. Because she's, she's like one of the legends, isn't she, of design. How do you, how's it like, what was it like working with someone like that? And um, how do you get in touch with her? And how do you work with someone as big as that? In, in terms of working with her, it's definitely humbling just to, just to talk with someone that's been so much a part of uh, our, our history, uh, not just design history, but like, you know, in terms of the world, like she was a part of, of early Apple. She was there when it first started and part of the, the kind of uh, pirate group uh, that they had um but uh yeah she was honestly she was so uh chill she was so nice like she's a surfer and she lives in california uh she just had a really like soothing voice and was awesome to work with um i i, I really really enjoyed it um in terms of like how we first started working with her um i i picked out this one of her prints for our office um she you know did a, a run of of her icons and they were um, autographed and whatnot. And then um, our creative director, Chris, uh, one of the founders, uh, you know, he really loved the piece. And then he just thought to reach out to her and see if, if we could work with her uh, for ThingMe. And she said yes. So um, it, was, it was kind of a, a crazy thing where we just asked and, and it worked out. And that, that's the thing that a lot of people ask, how, you know, how do you get this person on your podcast? Or how do you do this? How do you, you just got to ask. Um, I, I think it's, it's very understated, uh, underestimated thing as well. 
Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Did they tell you any good? Uh, just tell you any good stories about Apple in the old old days? But anything about Steve Jobs that you got to keep secret? Yeah. No. I mean, I wish I wish I had that, but uh, you know, I'm sure she's. Uh, that was uh, a decades decades ago for her, so she's yeah. she probably uh, left left that a, a bit um, behind. But really, it was mostly about the the work and her interests and like, uh, you know, what she's doing now, like I said, she's, she's surfing and, and we talked about that a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I wish I had an inside scoop on, on Steve, but I don't. Uh, fair enough. Maybe next time. Uh, so your, your like, agency is, you do a bit of everything. What, what's your thoughts on Jack all trades? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of one of those age-old debates uh, in the design industry, whether to be a jack-of-all-trades or, you know, specialized. Um, and, and I think they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. It depends on what you're doing or, um, you know, what the, what the project is. Um, and then your own personal taste. Um, I would say that, you know, as a client gets, gets bigger and they want to do a lot of things, as a designer, it, it helps to have multiple interests. So you can say like, okay, let's get this illustrator for this portion. Let's get this animator for this portion. Um, so I think it depends also just on, on your role and the scope of the work. Um, but personally, you know, I do lean towards being more uh, of a jack of all trades just so that, you know, I feel like you learn something from one industry or from one project and uh, it can, it can, open up a new perspective for, for another project or another type of execution. Um, and you can kind of keep building up those, those uh, I always think of the Sims and, and, you know, when you kind of give points to their like charisma or to their uh, strength, you know, whatever that kind of thing, you kind of like build up one, uh, one notch at a time. Um, I, I personally like that approach, but at the same time, like there are just people that like are way more talented than me at say illustration that, um, you know, I may dabble, but I don't, I, I can't, uh, compete with them. So I'd much rather them, uh, make something awesome than me try to make something that's just not as good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just depends on situation and, and, you know, what your personal desires are and what you want to get into and what really calls out to you. Um, yeah. Fair play. Yeah, that's good. Uh, also, so you you did a bit of the the studio as well. I've been sent pictures of your studio, and apparently you you designed it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we expanded a couple of years ago into a warehouse behind a couple of units that that we were in, still are. So we have like a bit of a camp, uh, campus thing going on. Um, but yeah, I I thought I really kind of, I pushed hard to to design it. Uh, we had looked at a couple other uh, firms. But uh, you know, for a few reasons, like you know, budget honestly being being one of them, being in New York trying to hire um, a real architecture firm or interior designer, it can get kind of pricey. So, um, but also I had had that experience in architecture and just really wanted to do it. So, um, managed to to convince the founders and everyone to let me uh, have a shot at it. Um, so we worked with a general contractor to get it all built out, but. Um, I handled the, the design and the oversight of the construction and, and you know, some of the furniture choice and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, it was one of my favorite projects because, you know, it was uh, something that um, the people that I worked with would, would experience on a day-to-day -day basis, including myself. So being able to, to design the full space that we, you know, spend half of our lives in basically um, with 
was really cool. And then now over time, I get to see like how my design choices impact how people work and move around the space like at a really close level. I try not to like seem like I'm staring at people or, or whatnot, but it, it is interesting to, to, to watch and kind of take that in. Um, and then even, even kind of edit over time. So like there's some rooms and some spaces that we kind of left blank or didn't totally finish. So, you know, getting a couple of years of data in, uh, I can now make uh, some, some better decisions about how to, to use space. So, um, but overall it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it and it seems to be working pretty well. And um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's it cool looks, space. It looks beautiful, it really does. I mean, you see so many pictures of uh, photos on Instagram and, and on Pinterest of, of amazing studios that you dream of. And like yours is one of them. <laughs> it's really, really well, well thought out. Uh, how, how, how big of a, a thing is that for, for people, creatives especially, having space? Um, I mean, I'm in pretty, I'm in my parents' living room and I'm, I'm pretty cramped with stuff and my own stuff, but how, how, yeah, how does that impact someone, having so much space and room to think? Yeah, I mean, again, coming from architecture, it's like, it's super important for me and, and I really believe in, in the effect that a uh, space can have on the human psyche and, yeah. and the creative process. Um, like there's a, there's just so many decisions that you can make that, that impact you in ways that you don't perceive or that are kind of subconscious. Um, like, yeah, if someone can kind of have a reaction to, um, a color for a couch or, you know, lights or the size of a room or whatnot, but there's also just subtle decisions to flow where you place a door, you know, what, uh, what the, the layout of the furniture is, how many seats are in a room compared to the space in the room. Um, that'll affect how people talk to each other and how they feel in the, in the space. And then definitely for, you know, designers and writers and whatnot, feeling like, uh, I mean, this is at least my uh, opinion, having, having the physical space, having a large space, uh, I really do want to say it lets, lets your thoughts kind of expand and you don't feel, um, you know, confined. Um, I, I do think that that's, you know, a good thing. At the same time, you do need you know, a, a quiet space or a smaller space where you can go and just get away from everyone and, and think. Um, so, so that's important too, too, and we try to create that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to answer the question uh, in short, I definitely think that the design of your space and the choices that were made for it are, are important and we should definitely consider them and they can have um, good long-term effects on, on your work and, and just your happiness too. So say, say that I'm a designer at home, but I am. Uh, if I say, say that yeah, I'm just, you're designing a desk, for, you're designing like a space for me to work in, what's the ideal, like, what, what's the must-haves? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I'm a proponent of minimalism in general, so I, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, look at all the things around you and, and kind of determine what's, uh, what's necessary and what's a distraction. Um, because, you know, even just, you'll take a minute, you know, you're working on your computer, you're looking at the screen and then you look around and then you'll, you'll see the objects that you have around you and, and they can spark something, um, that can be good or that can be distracting. So I, I think it's, uh, you just have to be really deliberate with, with the things that you put around you and just make sure that, um, you know, if, if they are there, that they either serve a function like an actual utility or that they uh, leave you with a, a good feeling or um, you know, something that, that would be inspirational. Otherwise, um, I would say it's probably not necessary and, and you, know, you might wanna just, just get it out of your, your viewpoint and, and allow yourself to focus on, on, on your work. Yeah. But so that would be like uh, my you know, big first suggestion. Otherwise, it you know, gets down to 
what what is the space like and and what are you doing what are your personal tastes and all that yeah awesome yeah that's that's made me think a little bit now i need to get rid of some stuff <laughs> it's, it's a tough thing to do honestly like we we have a lot of stuff and we, we like it all but you know some things are more important than others yeah yeah you've got to value the the thinking as well over and your, and your actual work over them over what you what you've got on your desk you know pieces of paper everywhere and if they are actually important or like a little potted plant if or like this apple watch box or like it doesn't need to be there does it it, it could be anywhere it could be away tucked away somewhere but yeah yeah it's good it's a good point makes me think i'm gonna start tidying up my desk after this now okay so the last three questions i ask everyone first of all what is your best purchase under a hundred dollars Ooh, that's a tough one hmm yeah, so I'm actually, I'm in my uh, apartment right now, so I'm, I'm kind of looking around and seeing if there's anything uh, in particular. Um, you know, I guess, actually, I'd say uh, tennis shoes. Uh, so I actually tend to, to walk around a lot um, in, in, in our space and, you know, going from meeting to meeting, talking to people. So I have a pair of new balances, not too expensive. I think they were like 80 bucks, something like that. Uh, but they're they're super comfortable and uh, um, they yeah they take a bit of a stress off off my feet so yeah. I guess that might be kind of a lame one but yeah I think good pair of tennis shoes are are important. Not at all. That's a good answer. Yeah, we've had we had loads of random answers. We've had uh, notebooks to backpacks to uh, tickets to uh, like plane tickets or tickets to events. Um, there's some really good answers. So I, I really like answering asking that question. Uh, do you have a standing desk? I don't. Uh, you know, again, I try to like get up a lot and, and not be stuck in my desk uh, for too long of a, a period of time. So I think that may supplant some of the need for me, at least for, for a standing desk. Yeah. Um, but we have a couple people in the office that like swear by it and like want it. Um, so like uh, I actually designed the desks in, in the space that, that I work in and it, don't ha- it doesn't have a, um, a standing option. So some people kind of hacked it and, and like put things on the desk to, to, you know, have their laptops elevated. So it's, you know, it's definitely important for some people and I, and I can see the utility for it. But uh, personally, I'm, I'd rather just uh, take a walk or get up and go to someone's computer and talk to them, you know, and avoid the, the standing desk thing. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting topic at the moment. I'm thinking about it quite a lot because I've, I've just started a, a job where I was sitting down all day. Um, and, and it's, it really hurts it, when you're back, when you're, going to the gym or, or you're going actually doing some exercises you really feel it um so it's yeah like you say it's about getting up all day and moving around which is, is really important uh, that wasn't part of the last three questions but i thought because you said the uh, the shoes i thought you might have a standing desk best bit of advice to creatives or youngsters yeah i mean i think i would say there's a, there's a few things um kind of getting back to the thing i was talking about uh taking in context i think listening is is super important um, not jumping to have uh, an inclination for how something should look or, or be designed right off the bat. Um, you know, not trying to, to jump to a trend or to a particular style, but really just listen to, to a lot of things, whether that be the client directly or um, just, you know, what's happening uh, in the industry in, in general. Um, trying to be open first and, and then taking, taking a stab at things. Um, and then I'd say, like, once you've gotten past that, um, perseverance, just being determined, sticking with something, um, it, it, you know, you'll get stumped sometimes. You'll get maybe some bad feedback or um, you're not able to solve the problem immediately. But 
Um, we've all been there and uh, all the best work goes through that process, goes through, you know, um, troughs and, and valleys and, and difficult uh, moments. So, you know, don't sweat it too much. Don't get too focused on that moment. Just get past it and, and keep going, keep working through it. And, you know, and eventually you'll, you'll produce uh, good work that you're proud of. Fantastic advice. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, lastly, how do you want to be remembered? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's the, the personal end of it. I, I mean, in terms of friends and, and family, I'd hope that I remember just someone that, you know, was, was thoughtful and, and, and caring and, and um, you know, thought about people in, in a good way and, and had fun with them. Uh, in terms of like work and, and that kind of, uh, you know, I think Jobs talked about leaving a, a being in the universe. Um, you know, I would love to be able to do that, to have some type of, you know, impact that, that goes beyond some temporary, you know, campaign or, or project and, and actually has a long-term effect on society. Um, what that is right now, I'm not sure, but um, to be able to, to leave a positive, um, you know, just even if it's very minimal change uh, on on society and, and how we live would would be a dream for sure yeah that's fantastic uh is that an nes in the background <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, i'm a bit of a gamer nerd uh so i've got like this this is my most of my gaming shelf back here so i've got um, yeah my, my nes my super nintendo i've got uh playstation 3 my switch xbox wow yeah, uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a few for sure. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite game to play on the NES? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. You know, I think there's so many um, great classics. There, there are. I mean, I, I do. I love Mario for sure. Just good old classic Mario. Um, early Final Fantasies are 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 fun to to play through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even just even like Duck Hunt, it's just it's fun. Just like for the nostalgia factor alone, but just the, the simplicity of it that, you know, games gotten so big budget and complicated now, just to have a game where you, you're just shooting ducks on, on the screen is, is kind of a kind of fun diversion. Nice. Uh, where can people find you on the internet and say hello and, and follow your work? Yeah, you know, to be honest, probably just on, uh, on that world site and, and its feeds. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I don't post a whole lot of work there, but uh, totally follow me at, uh, at Matt Fried, uh, so Matt Fry and then ED at the end. Um, but I actually haven't maintained my portfolio site for, for a couple of years just because been entrenched in, in, in Madwell and just uh, in the work there. So the meaning to pick back up and, and just uh, feature things for fun, but it's gone to the wayside to, to the work, I guess. Awesome. Uh, thanks very much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Don't forget to share it with a friend if you enjoyed it. Also, go and check out Madwell, M-A-D-W-E-L-L dot com. Go and check it out. They produce fantastic work. Also, if you want to win a book, go and email hello at bluedigdesign.co.uk and the first person to do that will get the choice of a design book. Thank you very much for listening again this week. I really appreciate everyone who listens to this show and keeps supporting it. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>